put it down, what happens? I start a huge fire, and I'm only making it worse. Too hot. Oh, watch your rag, watch your rag. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. <laughs> Damon brought in the sound from Mark starting a fire on Next Level Chef and then brought on the fireman, a little wheezy right there. Wow, that's a double whammy. Fired off by Damon Cotton here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And Damon is efforting Mark McMillan. We will get him. He is the next level chef. He does have episode two coming up tomorrow. We'll check it out with him and get his thoughts on the first episode that aired. And he did start a fire in the kitchen. He did not get his plate up to where it needed to go, and then it fell. He was a little upset by that, but he powered through. He powered through. He did not get sent home. So big ups to my man, Mark McMillan, and he will be joining us in a matter of seconds here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We've been throwing out the question to you. What traits do you value in a quarterback? What qualities would you like to see moving forward? Got a text from Jim from Yonkers. He said, I like the trade of throwing the ball beyond the sticks and not looking to check down the third down and nine with a three-yard pass. I think Baker could be an option. Why? He has the makeup of a Raider, walk on twice, and his, and his last try as a starter, Al Davis loved to resurrect a player's career when everybody else thought that players were washed up. Baker, Stidham, Hooker, if Rodgers falls through, trade down and keep doing it. Thank you for a great show. That's Jim in Yonkers. Joining us now on the phone lines from Next Level Chef is the former NFL defensive back, Mark McMillan, who, Mark, I know you had a really good time on Super Bowl Sunday watching both of your former teams go at it. What kind of game was that? 38-35, KC comes out with the dub. Oh, man, that was a great game. Uh, my, my pick was, I think my pick was 38, uh, I think 38-35 was my pick, but I, I picked the Eagles mm. uh, to come up to win. But, uh, man, I, I knew once the second half got, uh, you know, the Eagles went down, they kicked the field goal right before the half, and I just had a feeling. I was like, man, you can't kick field goals and beat number 15. And uh, sure enough, in the second half, they didn't make the adjustments. Uh, Big Red in uh, Kansas City. He made the adjustments. That's why he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, and the uh, Eagles just stick, stick to the to the same game plan they had for the whole game. How surprised were you that the teams that came in with some pretty good defense, especially ability to get to the quarterback, I mean, the Eagles, we talked about it so much, 70 times in the regular season. Kansas City was second with 55. Really didn't have a ton of pressure on either one of the quarterbacks throughout the course of the game. Yeah, I, I, the field was terrible. Oh, yeah, uh, you yeah. Know, I see. I see so many guys, uh, you know, slipping and falling. Quarterback slipping and falling. Uh, it was real tough on the defensive line. You see many on both sides of the balls. Guys really couldn't get off, and you know they were losing their footing, which is really sad in a game like that. You want to have the the best surface, but uh, the Chiefs offensive line give those guys a lot of credit. Man, they protected Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Ch- uh, offensive line for the Eagles did as well for Jalen. But you know, number fifteen made the plays when he had to, and you know, last guys. Uh, if you let number 15 have the ball last, it's not good. No, it's really not. And, I mean, look at that combination right there. You got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, those, those two guys, as long as they stick together, Mark, I feel like sky's the limit for that combo. Yeah, they're not done. Uh, you saw what they were talking about today at the parade, man. And, you know, we've been seeing this for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, they've been to a couple of Super Bowls already. Already, mm-hmm. you know, Pat's got a couple of MVP uh, under his belt. He's got two Super Bowls under his belt. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, which receivers you give a guy like that because he makes everybody around him that much better. And, you know, you saw it uh, in, in Sunday's game that, you know, Juju Smith later on caught a couple of passes, uh, but there was no big – there's no big-time receivers on the Chiefs team. And, you know, number 15 makes a, makes a big difference. And, obviously, you have Kelsey, who's one of the best tight ends in the game, uh, you know, but he was kind of – 
held in check. You know, he, he did he did uh, you know catch a couple of key passes, but for the most part, it wasn't a Kelsey day. But you know, they they ran the ball really well. Um, they defended well when they needed to. No doubt, Mark McMillan is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Demond's got one for you. Doesn't that hold play on James Bradbury just go to show that playing corner is the hardest position to play in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, it is, man. Uh, you know, as a quarterback, you want to say, man, you can't make that call. What a crucial, you know, moment in the game. But, you know, the referees did. They made the call. Uh, you know, the play was the other way. It was on the other side of the field. You know, it, it was just a tough call to make. And, uh, you know, it, it's just tough to end the game like that. Obviously, um, we wanted to see the game played out with the players, but the referee, you know, decided to throw the flag at that particular time. Um, you know, that's what he's paid to do. But, like I said, it's tough being a defensive back, especially guarding against Patrick Mahomes once he gets outside the pocket. Those receivers are scrambling all over the place. And I don't care if you're Deion Sanders or, or Neon Sanders, you can't cover nobody <laughs> for three seconds in the, in the NFL. <laughs> Something else I wanted to ask you about, with those particular plays where the Chiefs basically had walk-in touchdowns, what did you see there from the Eagles' defense in the red zone that they kind of just blanked a little bit? Um, I think they went back to uh, when the Eagles, I think they played the Jaguars or something. Uh, one team that they played, they ran that same kind of motion uh, with Christian Kirk, and they saw that you know, from earlier in the year. and uh, They knew the corner was going to go over the top, and you know, sure enough, he did. You know, The receiver acted like he was going across in motion pivoted back out. The cornerback went over the top. There was no communication or switching uh, between the defensive backs, and it was two walk-in touchdowns, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much the same play. They just flipped the formation, and, you know, that's one thing about uh, the NFL. You know, they run the same play. If it works, they're just going to flip the formation to see if it works on the other side, and they had walk-in touchdowns. Not, there was nobody right. within 10 yards of these receivers, which is crazy, but... Uh, Credit to Andy Reid and the uh, offensive staff, Eric Bieniemy, for going back and looking at the film and, and using that formation at the right particular time. Uh, you know, I would just kind of think, like, what can you do in that situation? Obviously, when you have motion, you know they're in man coverage, and, the, and when the cornerback travels, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes was licking his chops when he saw, uh, you know, Maddox uh, Devontae go over the top of that. Talking right now with the former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Not only is he the former NFL defensive back, he is the current next level chef. And Mark, was there ever a doubt that you were going to uh, move on to, de- to to at least round two uh, after your debut on Next Level Chef after we saw a few little uh, mishaps in the kitchen, let's say it like that? Oh, no, it was no few mishaps. It was some fire in the kitchen. I felt the ball. And I couldn't have had a worse first uh, day on the job. Man, it was like a rookie getting baptized by Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and Jerry Rice all combined in one body. Uh, you know, so I had, uh, my teammates picked me up. Chef Tucker, you know, had the dish of the day, which saved me. Otherwise, man, I'd have been home uh, the next day. But, you know, it, w- it was a great experience for me uh, to be on that stage. I think we broke a record. It was probably the highest view, I think, of, the, uh, of a reality show ever behind the voice. I think it was like 15 and a half million views mm. of that show. So it was pretty cool. So 15 and a half million people see me burn up the kitchen and drop a plate. <laughs> what was going through your mind, though, when all of a sudden you have this fire and it's like fire, 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 and you're kind of looking at it? What was, what was going through your mind when that was happening? I can't say that on the radio, but <laughs> I was like, oh, what have I done here? And, you know, a lot of people look at that clip and it's like, dude, you didn't even run or you didn't, you know, you figure fire in the kitchen, you know, you're going to run. I just said, I said, man, I got to just stand in this fire. I got to be strong. I got to act like 
know what, I, know what I'm doing. Thank goodness Gordon was right there next to me to grab the pan. And you see how comical he was? He yep. took the pan and, and doused it out. And the next thing he said, Mark, get another pan on the grill. And <laughs> I had to do what he had. To, you know, I did what he said. But I tell you guys, man, that shrimp had really good flavor. I spent 30 minutes. <laughs> I had lemon. I had garlic. I had cilantro. I had ancho chili powder all marinating in that shrimp, man. It was going to be delicious. But thank goodness one shrimp made it on the platform. <laughs> all right, Mark, let me give you some numbers. This is from Deadline.com. So the, the show saw an audience of 15.7 million viewers. That makes it oh, the wow. most watched cooking series telecast in television history. Let's give it up to Morgan Miller. There you go. There you go. TV superstar here. There you but, go. <laughs> the kid? Now that's a fire. <laughs> but, yeah, you are... When it comes to what's going through your mind when you're making those mistakes in the kitchen, I know we're highlighting those mistakes because hey, that was a big fire. It was funny, but yeah, what's what was it? What's how did it feel to be rewarding to hey, know that you're going to stay in that experience from that first episode? Oh man, I was I was shaking in my boots, man. I, I think at the clip when we were walking back to the elevator, I told my, I told Chef Tucker who saved us. I said I owe you some Super Bowl tickets. So next year, you know, I know that the Super Bowl is here, so. Man, if anybody's got some extra Super Bowl tickets, I will buy them for Chef Tucker and my team. But, but it, was, it was a great experience, man. Like I said, uh, being in the kitchen, being on national TV, uh, you know, people don't really understand, man. You only got 45 minutes, and that clock goes by fast. And mm-hmm. it's not like you lose, um, you know, I can go in my pantry now and get all the spices and, and take out the meat. You have no idea what that platform comes down, what you're able to grab, and that's the hardest part. I think of the show because everybody can cook, but that grab, man, it is, it is something, it is something fierce. And tomorrow night, man, tune in for another exciting, explosive episode. See if I make a comeback. See if I burn something down. See if I drop something. But hopefully, I can make my viewers proud. Man. Well, how exciting is it that you know you you can preview you know the 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 show tomorrow and say you know tune in for that and knowing I mean you know how it goes down already but just knowing that you have a big audience watching it and checking it out and you're there on Team Ramsey. Oh man, it, it's a great feeling, man. Obviously, you know, uh, I, I know they edited a lot, but I always give uh, you know honor to God, man, for giving me that platform because come on, man, you know a lot of people say, man, you you. You were doing something that a lot of people wish they could do. Top chefs around the country, uh, you know, thousands of people are applying for this opportunity. So you guys know me, man. I always want to use my platform to help others, uh, mm-hmm. to encourage somebody that may be saying, hey, I can't do this. But you look at me, a guy that played in the National Football League. Now I'm on a national TV cooking show. Uh, like my man said, breaking records. You know, I was breaking <laughs> records in the NFL, but – now I'm breaking records on the cooking show. You can't make this up, fellas. Right. No, you really can't. How how much did that help you though? Being able to be that guy that's been on the highest stage on the you know as an athlete, as a football player, to kind of get that calm and cool and relaxed and just say, you know what, I, I can do this. Let me take a deep breath and get back to what I know. I, I tell you, once I got my grab and got back to my station and started talking to Gordon Ramsay, uh, you know, I kind of calmed down a little bit uh, because it's not that kind of show where he's screaming and cursing everybody out. Um, he's there to mentor, and all three uh, other other two mentors are, are there, Chef Blaze and Aisha. They do a great job with the other teams. But, then I just calmed down. And I was singing a lot, and you probably hear me uh, in my microphone on a couple of clips. Man, I was singing some old school. I was singing some Tupac. I was just trying to put myself in the game mode and just relax, calm down. You've been cooking all your life. Uh, you know, just go out there and have fun, and that's the main thing about it, man. I had a blast 
on that first episode. I was nervous as heck, but, man, I'm telling you, I knew a lot of people were going to be watching that episode. And I told people to hang on to your, hang on to your popcorn because it's going to be flame-throwing, and Lord have mercy, did I light a flame. <laughs> Last week out in Phoenix in the Scottsdale area, how many of your former colleagues from NFL were surprised that you were on the show? How much was the praise meeting those former players? And they were like, yo, you on a cooking show now? Oh man, they were they were shocked. Uh, I got an opportunity to uh, witness the perfect ten uh, with Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, mm-hmm. uh, you know Earl Campbell, and those guys. And and Marcus saw me. I was doing interviews for Fox uh, for their for their show, and he was like, "What are you doing here?" I was like, uh, "I'm on a cooking show that's on Fox." He's like, "You're on the Next Level Chef." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Bro, I am so proud of you, man." And you know, just to hear Marcus say that, man, Marcus is a good guy, man, and. Uh, you know, getting the uh, kudos from Tim Brown, uh, obviously Barry Sanders. I did have to remind him about that playoff game when we when they came to Philadelphia. He said, man, don't bring that up. I don't want to talk about this. This is my day. Don't try to take my day away from me. So, uh, it, it's cool, man. I'm getting, getting a great uh, deal of response back from the NFL, NFL alumni. And a lot of guys were like, man. We knew you were grinding, but damn, we didn't know you were grinding that hard. Yeah, well, you're doing it, man. You're doing it. We're all real proud of you, man. It's it's great to be able to sit down and turn on the TV and watch a teammate, man. And and I do consider you our teammate because you're doing some great things, and uh, we're appreciative of, of you know your time as as you give it to us all the time. Before we let you go, uh, let everyone know again. Next level chef. Tomorrow is the second episode. Uh, when do they look and or where do they find it and everything? Oh man! Actually, you can find the first episode is still playing on Hulu uh, tomorrow night. It'll be on Fox. Uh, I think eight o'clock uh, Eastern time. So check it out on Fox. Next level chef. This is round number two. I got saved in round one. So Raider Nation, let's see if Little Mac can advance <laughs> from round two to round three. Only inquiring minds want to know. So everybody, I appreciate the continued support. All the tweets, man. Make sure you keep following my account. Follow Gordon Ramsay. Man, I am so hyped right now. Y'all have no idea. I'm ready for tomorrow night. So are we. So are we, man. We're fired up for you, man. We're excited. And, uh, again, I know you're, you're going to do a hell of a job, and I can't wait to tune in and check it out. Mark, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. All right, appreciate you guys, man. You guys keep up the good work. Will do, will do. Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back and turned next-level chef. And round two is tomorrow. Make sure you check it out. And he might have burnt the kitchen on, uh, on in, in round one, but he lived to see another day. So we'll see what he does in round two. Yeah, so you can only get better. Can't get any that's worse. That's right, that's right, that's right. It's only, getting, it's only going up from here, right? At least that's what they say. At least that's what they hope. 318 is the time. We'll hear from you. 702-365-9200 and don'tbebroke.com. Text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We got Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports coming up at 330. But what traits do you value in a quarterback? What qualities would you like to see from the Silver and Black's next quarterback? Let us know about it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. What traits do you value in a quarterback? What qualities would you like to see from the next signal caller for the silver and black? Raiders Burner 91 on Twitter said, One trait I want in a quarterback is that football is his life. Total commitment. One thing that always threw me off was when Carr said he'd retire before leaving Vegas, although it wasn't true. Kobe no, Kobe would have never said that. Kobe was committed to the game and winning. And I realize that guys have a lot of different things that they're focused in on, a lot of different things in their lives that – may be outside of their sport, and that's fine. To each their own. That's that's okay. That's not a that's not a knock if you're not that person. But I'm like I'm like Raiders Burner ninety one. 
I prefer that guy to be that guy, right? I mean, that's that's just that's just how I'm wired. Like I like I, I gravitate to guys that are are wired like that, where what they do in their craft is their is their obsession. Is that their you know is that that's what they want to do? They they want to perfect that. They always are trying to find ways to get better and better and better. Not saying you can't have other interests. Not saying you can't have other hobbies and still be really good and be great, but. I'm with you. I, I want I want to see that guy that is just locked in and wants to be all about ball. And really, that's the that's the feeling I get when I look at Jalen Hurts. That's what I get. Well, that's what you know there was when it came to like Tom Brady. You know, when he was still on the grind, when he was still on the come up. At one point, Aaron Rodgers was that guy. I don't think he's that guy now. He's got a lot of different things that he's working on. But like Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams is locked in on being the best. That that's just what I, I want. I want to see guys that want to be the best. Robin Oakland said, as a fan, I only notice a few technical things. I look for footwork, compact delivery, quick release, going through progressions and fitting throws in tight windows. YouTube highlights are limited and don't always have low light videos. Right now, I'm looking for a quarterback that's competitive, defiant, strong, and mobile. I want him to have an attitude and that he'll inspire. Uh, or force his teammates to prepare, practice, and play as hard as they can. I want the face of the franchise to be a powerful leader that will help focus the team on defeating Mahomes in Kansas City. Again, that's Rob in Oakland. Fantastic stuff on that text. I like that. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Raider X. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Damn, that's a lot of good answers. They're they're taking all my thunder. That's exactly (laughs) what I would say. Uh, I I like that dog. You know, that's kind of like you said, Devontae Adams or, you know, Crosby. Yep, you know, Crosby yep. ain't satisfied until he is the dude. He says, I want to go out and I want to be thought of as, like, that dude. <laughs> and that, I mean, you can't beat that. Right. But so, damn, I think the only thing I can add is I want, a, I want a player that can actually, when their play can be so high that it elevates or demands everybody around them to play at that level and there's nothing else acceptable. They, if they're going to want to play at a certain level, they expect to play at a certain level, and he can get in their butt to play at that certain level. Lastly, I want a player that will go in there, a quarterback that can take over a game. I, I, I mean, just literally take over a game or to be able to offset a deficiency of a roster. You know, if you say you do have like that mediocre defense, you know, like you said, but at any given time you're down or you just need a, a game where you just see that quarterback take over the game. I mean, I, I know we've had some – I don't want to sit there and, you know, down D.C. He's had some great games for us. Right. But I haven't seen a game where you just sit there and say, oh, my gosh, that dude just shut it down from zero all the way to the end. And just it, it, it was him. He just took him on the shoulder and said, I got this. Right. And then that's what you can say. That's a total Mamba mentality. I took over that game. I, we not, I just will us not to lose. And that's what I want from a quarterback. Nice, nice. I like it, man. Great stuff, great stuff. And I know that there's been a lot of good feedback. Uh, there's plenty more good feedback out there. Let's go to Big Jose in San Jose, repping the 408. What's up, man? man? Welcome to the show. Gentlemen, gentlemen, great show as always. And thank you for uh, putting, you know, getting it out for us on Radio Row last week on Super Bowl week. That was amazing. Great coverage. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Yep. Hey, I just want to ask, you know, I wonder if we're asking the right questions. I'm saying I know we want a quarterback, and I'm, I'm kind of falling off that Aaron Rodgers hype train. Okay. Because I'm just thinking the cost of the future. But I'm thinking the question shouldn't be like, hey, is a Jacoby Brissett good enough or is a Baker Mayfield good enough or is a Jimmy Garoppolo good enough? Is it, Are they that much better than a Jared Stidham? I mean, other than some of the reps under their, under their belt, I mean, is the drop-off that significant that we wouldn't be able to instead go with Jared Stidham and 
pick up a C.J. Stroud, right, to make us better in the future. Because, you know, I'm thinking, like, you know, if you look at their careers, I think the best ability is availability. I'm with you on that. So that takes Jimmy Garoppolo out, right? Yep. And Jared Stidham was a fourth-round draft pick, and Jacoby Brissett was a sixth-round draft pick, I believe, right? So is their talent fallout really that much of a difference where you would think that Jacoby Brissett is an upgrade? Yeah, I don't um, I don't think so. <laughs> right? Yep. All right, th- hey, thank you for the call, my man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, especially if you're talking about Jacoby Brissett, I, I definitely don't believe that he's an upgrade at all. I'm, I, I'm not a, I'm not a believer that Jimmy G is an upgrade. Uh, I don't even, honestly, don't even think Baker Mayfield's an upgrade. But I do know he's got the swagger, he's got the confidence to, to say he can go in and take on any challenge and overcome it. Uh, let's get one more quick call in, and then we'll get to Paloma Villacana. Gangster Raider, you're up next, my man. What's on your mind? Well, what's up, um, Q? Well, um, the the um, qualities I look for in a quarterback, I like um, somebody that's accurate, very accurate, know how to pin, put the ball in pinpoint positions, like outside shoulder throws or like that. Somebody who has courage, is not a coward, and somebody that has like moxie or like you say, stones or, mm-hmm. or alpha male. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that wants to get up in his teammates' faces to bring them up to his play. I don't want somebody that's always trying to be somebody's best friend. You know what I'm saying? He's worried about being somebody's best friend and all that. I want somebody that's going to make this teammates play up to his level or even if even if he's not up to his level, make teammates call him out. It won't be all in his feelings about it. You know what I mean? Like, I need an alpha male. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. how many times, did, um, how many best friends did Derek Carr? I think he said Khalil Mack was his best friend. Then um, Devontae Adams is his best friend. Then remember that, that offensive coordinator, Will Downing, wasn't he supposed to be his best friend? Like, he got mm-hmm. too many best friends. He's trying to be everybody's best friend. And, and now all them um, Raider fans that's um, on the fence and, and feel some kind of way about Derek Carr not being here, you need to chin check yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because this is Raider Nation. You're only supposed to be a Derek Carr fan because he's part of Raider Nation. He ain't from the hood no more. He's going to pick up another color and represent something else. You know what I'm saying? He ain't one of the homies no more. You know what I'm saying? He's on the enemy. You know what I'm saying? So all that feelings you got about him, he ain't from the hood no more. So forget all that. We got to move on. And the best thing we need to do is stick with Stidham. You know what I'm saying? Stick with Stidham. I say trade back to um with a team that got two first-round picks so win the first and second round so we can double our first and second round picks and then build up around that. That's what I say. Keep a gangster and don't worry about that. We took out the car, but she ain't from the hood no more. Keep a gangster. I'm gone. There he goes. All right, so stick with Stidham and trade back. And, and that could be a way to build up the team. You know, and, and Stidham, and I think Paul Gutierrez in the first hour brought up some really good points about Jared Stidham. And, you know, there could be there could be a very good argument about sticking with Stidham and uh, going ahead and trying to trade back and continuing to build up the team because, well, there's still plenty of holes on the team. Coming up next, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She'll talk all things UNLV. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 3.33 is the time. You're on Radio Nation Radio 920. Coming up at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock, Nick Delatore, Florida Gator, senior writer on 3 Sports. We'll talk all things Anthony Richardson. That's coming up at 4 o'clock. But right now, we're blessed to have on the phone lines Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She joins us each and every Wednesday. And Paloma, we definitely appreciate you as always. What would you think about that Super Bowl on Sunday? Oh, my gosh. It was a blast. I mean, I think I think that was one of the best Super Bowls I think I've ever watched um, from start to finish. The the production, the the game, the halftime show, uh, it was awesome. It was on Fox, so so I was at work, you know, watching the whole thing, and we came on after after the Super Bowl. So, um, 
talented teams on 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 both <laughs> both sides. You know, it was great to see just young quarterbacks go at it. Um, some great defenses go at it. So um, yeah, it was it was a great game. It was a great game because you know some Super Bowls are great. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> this year, this year was a great Super Bowl. It was a lot of fun to watch. No, it was. It was really fun to watch. And you know, thirty eight, thirty five, Kansas City comes out with the victory. You mentioned the halftime show. Uh, what did you think about Riri? I kind of saw you uh, tweeting about maybe her coming out here next year. Oh man. She should run it back. Run it back, Riri. <laughs> run it back to Las Vegas for sure. I know so many um, so many people were like, man, she needs a residency here in Vegas. That's for sure, for sure. If she brought a residency here, I'd be there every night. Um, but, yeah, it was just incredible. You know, she hasn't, you know, made a lot of music lately because she's had her, her other businesses. But it was just awesome to see. I, I don't know. It was like, in my opinion, I think it was like the best halftime uh, performance that I could think of just the production wise and um, the music was good. Everything was good. So um, I know I've been on Twitter sharing my like halftime. <laughs> right. <laughs> my halftime. I think I had like, I don't know, like Usher and like Bad Bunny and like I can't remember who else I said, but um, there's a lot of Metallica fans here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Imagine Dragon fans here in Vegas. Um, so starting to kind of get a little get a little nugget of what everyone likes here. Right. No, I mean, you're right. And we were talking about that the other day about, you know, who could potentially be the halftime show for Super Bowl 58 when it's here in Vegas. It's got to be someone huge, right? It's got to be a big name, of course, because, well, that's just how Vegas is doing it. And, of course, it's a Super Bowl, so that's how they're doing it. What are your expectations, though? Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. How do you think that that's going to affect the city and just how awesome is that going to be? Yeah, well, I know Fox 5 was already out there at the Super Bowl this year in in Phoenix, kind of getting the lay of the land, um, because we wanted to see, you know, how how is this going to go? So Mm -hmm. um, Fox 5 was able to spend the whole week out there. We did all the events, everything they have in store for fans, um, everything they have in store for kids, for adults, for former, you know, athletes, like what, what's, in, what's in store for, for the Super Bowl. So it looks amazing. I mean, I can't wait for all of that to be here on our turf, you know, available for our local kids, our local athletes, um, you know, for them to have that exposure, you know, to go to these events. Um, and, you know, Phoenix is Phoenix. We know Phoenix is great. It's a great sports city. There's a lot to do out there. But Vegas, Vegas, right. nothing compares to Vegas when it comes to, I don't know, the convention center. Like, what, what are, what's going to happen at the convention center? What, what's going to happen at every single hotel? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's going to happen on the strip? What's going to happen off the strip? Right. Um, so the, the, uh, I was talking to Nikki Fargus with the, the Aces, and she, was, she didn't even know where to start as far as planning goes. She goes, you know, the potential is limitless here in Las Vegas to what we can host what we can do. Um, and then it came to a reality of me. It was like, man, uh, the cell of like the post game celebrations, you know, for whichever team wins, it's going to be even crazier because it's Vegas. Right, so um, right. I feel like it's going to be like taken on a whole other level here, but mostly just excited for the exposure that our, our local, the networking that our local athletes, um, our, our, and our pro athletes and right. the networking that, you know, the Aces and, and the Golden Knights and the Raiders will be able to have, um, you know, here when, when the Super Bowl comes. I think that it's a must that we all take the day off, the following day off, right? Super Bowl Sunday, take Ooh. that Monday off. Ooh. Yeah, I'm probably going to be on TV all day for like a month straight, but... <laughs> 
It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It will. And I don't ever say take days off. I never suggest to take a day off. But I think <laughs> with all the everything you just rolled out, we all might need to take that following Monday off. I'm just saying. Just Shocker. It, I'm just yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Again, I don't ever encourage anyone to take days off, so this is rare for me. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, <laughs> is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio, 920 and say Rough. Let's go ahead, Demond. Let's talk about the best team in the city, the UNLV Lady Rebels. And there you go. As they there jump you go. inside the top 25 <laughs> in the AP polls. Talking to the team and Coach Lenny LaRock, what were, how, were they, how were their emotions of being ranked inside the top 25 now? Hey, listen, listen, I went to practice and it, it's kind of rare that I go to a full practice just because it could be two hours, you know, it could be, it's just a long, it's a long time. I watched the ladies practice, the Lady Rebels practice from start to finish. That team is elite, elite. I mean, Lindy LaRock has some depth and talent on this, you know, 14-0 Lady Rebels team. I was just watching them warm up, you know, just watching them, you know, shoot, shoot around. They didn't miss a bucket for like five minutes. I did not see that team miss a bucket. I'm just sitting there on my laptop like, I can't even work because that, their practice was so good. We all know, you know, practice is ten times harder than the actual game. So, you know, if that's how they're practicing, if that's how they come out in practice, if that's the execution I see in practice, like, man. You know, it's a really, really good team. 14-0, and 24-2, jumping in the rankings for the first time, but um, you know, I, I feel like I've learned a few things from the Lady Rebels and from Lindy LaRock. You know, they're so focused. Um, they're only looking at the next game. They don't even know who they're playing down the road because they don't care. Um, they're just so focused on the next game. Lindy LaRock and her team telling me they treat the next game like it's the championship game. Like they And, and, they, and they do. They dominate everyone in the Mountain West. They're beating teams by like 30 points in the Mountain West. So... Um, you know, they're locked in. I think Lindy LaRock is doing something really special here in Las Vegas. You know, she's a woman. She's a local. She's a native. Um, she's recruiting local talent. She's, um, you know, making local talent even better. So, um, you know, it's it, I, the stories are endless with the Lady Rebels. But watching their practice, I was like, man, these girls are shooters. Because I was like, they did, I, I'm just like just looking up from my laptop and I'm like, I don't think I've seen them miss a bucket. So <laughs> it was incredible. It's been incredible to watch. And, and they play Thursday night at the Thomas and Mac um, against San Jose State. So um, if they win that game, then they win the outright claim to the Mountain West regular season title. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the running Rebels now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. I just got to ask you, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be real honest. Like, other teams in the Mountain West are trending up, like San Jose State. You know, other teams are getting better down the season. I'm just not seeing that with the Running Rebels. Um, I, I'm not seeing that consistency with the Running Rebels. Um, you know, I, I'm seeing win loss, win loss. They have they have a little a little streak going in the middle of the season. They beat Wyoming and UNR and, and Colorado State. Um, but you know, five five and nine in conference play. Like I'm sure every single player on that team is is not happy right now. Um, and you know, for San Jose State to have the lead, you know, for the majority of the game last night at home, you know, on their home court, um, you know, I, I'm we didn't hear from any of the players last night. But Kevin Kruger just talked about you know like 
kind of their just like their lack of confidence last night, their lack of confidence, um, their lack of swagger is what he calls it, kind of just like their lack of swagger, um, you know, defensively against San Jose State. Who was rolling? I mean, they were shooting the lights out from, from downtown. They knocked down like 12 threes last night. But I, 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 mean, I, I want to root for the running Rebels. You know, I travel with them and everything. Um, but the Mount West is incredibly talented. You know, we, we haven't seen any, like, really long win streaks in the Mountain West just because this league is really good. So up next is Boise State. doesn't get easier for UNLV. Um, but they do have a few days. You know, they play Boise State on Sunday. So I do know that the Running Rebels kind of bring more of a fight on the road, um, kind of play be- they play harder on the road. So we'll see what happens Sunday night against Boise State. In that game against Boise State, do you think we can expect to see Luis Rodriguez return? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, he, Luis is kind of day-to-day with the team. He was just um, taking a maintenance day earlier, or, you know, yesterday and earlier this week. Um, he must have pulled something at San Diego State because he wasn't practicing earlier uh, this week. So, um, but Luis is a player that, you know, kind of hasn't been coming through at the, at the end of the season. You know, he came back and he was a little... He, he, you know, he was able to have a, a good game at Colorado State. I think he was like 0 for 6 at, at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they, instead they put in Justin Webster and Justin Webster's, um, you know, he, in my opinion, Justin Webster should be starting all season long. I mean, that guy is, you know, consistent. Um, but Luis Rodriguez has struggled a little bit down the stretch. So, um, yeah, he was 0 for 8 in San Diego, 0 for 6 from 3. So not not a good game in San Diego. Um, but Luis Rodriguez, another talented player from Ole Miss, so having him back would be would be good for UNLV, who have, they've struggled with injuries this season. And Paloma, before we let you go, there's only a handful of games left in the regular season, and then it's going to go into the conference tournament. We have actually tickets to that will be given out in just a little bit. Matter of fact, right after uh, we hang up with you, we'll give out those tickets. But I had to ask, what do you think that they need to do to close out this regular season, and what do they have to do in the in the conference tournament if they want to try to make a, a case for themselves for, for March Madness? Yeah, I mean, right now they're in eighth place in the Mountain West standings, five and nine overall in, uh, in conference play. Um, I'm taking a look at who they have left. They have Boise State, Air Force, Utah State, and they wrap up the season at UNR. Um, you know, they still got some big teams to face down the stretch of their season. Um, I just need to see that consistency. You know, I need to see that fight on defense. Um, you know, I need to see that that fire of, you know, you know we're going to beat every single team. And, you know, it, it depends, you know, where they are in the, in the Mountain West tournament is, you know, a huge factor in where they're going to end up in the postseason. And, you know, for EJ Harkless and Jordan McCabe, like this is their last year. So, um, you know, of course they want to fight and play hard and, and continue to, you know, rack up some wins heading into the tournament. Uh, because, listen, I mean, if they lose like they did last year in the quarterfinals, um, that's it. You know, that's it. So UNLV trying to make the postseason for the first time in 10 years, you know, UNLV trying to make the NCAA tournament for the first time in 10 years. So um, I don't know, maybe just like the Lady Rebels say, just lock in and focus on the next game being the biggest game of the year, you know, the next game being a championship game. Paloma, this is the official last one. Now that the New York Times is posting about words like Riz, do you think it's uncool now? Oh, (laughs) my God. 
You know, you think I would learn a few things being around 18, 19-year-old kids all the time, but I'm learning things every single day that I'm like, I've never heard of this. Um, But yeah, Riz, that's a new word, so... <laughs> like cool, like are you cool? You know, are you cool? So, I don't know TikTok. I don't know. I really don't know. But you know, tag me. I'll watch it. I'll look at it, and I'll try to learn. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, Paloma. <laughs> the kids have no idea what the hell they're doing. They're one of. They, uh, yeah, exactly. You're you're not missing out on anything. Don't worry about no Riz. Riz don't sound very good at all. It sounds like you're probably saying a dirty word or something. We're not going to do that because it's a family show. So <laughs> there's that. This I'm, is. <laughs> anytime I try and say something cool, I'm like I I don't know. I, do I don't this, know. Man, Does that makes sense. Yep, I, I don't know. I do. No, I do the same thing every time. I think, okay, I'm going to use that word. I was like, you know what? I'm not because I'm going to sound foul, and I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to do that. But uh, it is all good. Uh, we know, <laughs> we know charisma when we hear okay. charisma. We don't need yeah. no riz. Like, yeah. the, unbelievable, Paloma. What do you got? What do you got coming out on the Reb Zone? I know that's plenty of charisma on the Reb Zone. Oh yeah, that's for sure. I mean, just. Keeping up with the Lady Rebels and, and the Running Rebels, the season's winding down. Um, you know, spring ball starts March 1st with wow. Barry Odom and his team out there. Um, so, you know, he's got a brand new coaching staff. He's got a lot of new players, um, you know, 25 players in his 2023 class. So uh, spring ball's right around the corner. Um, yeah, I mean, and then the tournament. Tournament starts March 8th. So. Yep. Best time of the year, we're rolling, and then the draft <laughs> comes, and then as soon as we know it, y'all, the Super Bowl will be here. Yep. So. It'll happen quicker than you know. Believe that. That year is going to fly by <laughs> as that big old Woo! Super Bowl 58 ball is flying around uh, Las Vegas right now, riding around. So it's posting yep. up all over the place. So uh, great <laughs> stuff, Paloma. We always appreciate you joining the show, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Q. Bye, guys. All right, see you. There she goes. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. Yeah, DeMond, that's just ridiculous. Those those words and everybody that, I don't know, weren't, weren't they using those words a lot on uh, Radio Row when we were there chilling? They are like, oh, Riz this, Riz that. I was like, man, uh-huh. if you don't shut up with that Riz stuff, it's just charisma. It's just it's not that hard of a word. It's not like friends with words or words of friends or whatever the game is. Yeah, we were talking about it um, at the last Fresno State game with the Rebels because I yeah. just found out what it meant. Oh, really? Because I was like, I, I don't know what these it just kids sa- are talking about. It don't about. sound right. Yeah, it was you like Riz. I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if you don't know, just don't use it because you <laughs> might be saying something that you don't mean to say. But, yeah, all that Riz stuff needs to go on with that. But uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Speaking of, go on. How about we go on to the Mountain West Conference Basketball Tournament? We got a pair of tickets for you right now. It gets started on the 20th, uh, right after the 20th. matter of fact, we got the tickets available. They'll be here at the radio station. But we're looking for call number 9 right now, 702-365-9200. We're going to get you hooked up with a pair of tickets. It's going to get you also in to win VIP all-session tickets, which, come, which uh, also has food, drinks, and parking. It's all worth about $1,500. So you're going to get a pair of tickets, but you're also going to get in to win the VIP hookup. So again, call number 9 at 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got to give a big shout out to my man Kevin. Just got hooked up with a pair of tickets to the Mountain West Conference. Nice little tournament, little hoop action. Get you ready for March Madness. One of my favorite times of year, by the way. March Madness, love college hoop action when it comes becomes March, and it might trickle into April, <laughs> but it's still a lot of fun, and we have a lot of contests around here 
on Radio Nation Radio 920 and, of course, across all of our stations here on the Las Vegas Sports Network, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can go check out everything on the website. <laughs> Got a couple texts here as we close out hour number two. One from the 209. I know Ritz the Cracker, but no no Riz. I got I to gotta make sure I read it very slowly so I don't say nothing I'm not supposed to say. Yeah, Ritz Crackers are great. Riz is short for charisma, which I think is dumb, but okay. But I, I think it was funny when DeMond said, now that, what did you say, the New York uh, Times has put it out? Yeah, the New York Times, we were joking about that yesterday. They're posting, it was like, oh, all these slang words that you need to know. No. That's when you know it's over. That's when you know it is over. Question that we threw out there, though. What traits do you value in a quarterback? What qualities would you like to see from the next Raider quarterback? Coming up in a couple minutes, Nick De La Torre, Florida Gator senior writer on 3 Sports. He'll give us a breakdown on Anthony Richardson. That's a guy a lot of Raider Nation's high on. He's a guy with a lot of upside. A lot of people say, okay, that's Cam Newton-like. He's a Cam Newton-type guy, but he has a lot of work that he has to do to develop. So when would he be ready? Well, Nick De La Torre, Florida Gator senior writer for On3 Sports, will join us at the top of the hour to talk about that. Mailman Raider on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r I think taking the Baker route is the front office way of saying we're all in on Caleb Williams next year. And the funny part is, I don't hate it. LOL. Uh, we also got a text from, here we go, uh, already hit the Jim and Yonkers. Uh, here we go. One from the 530. This one says, uh, give Stidham a chance. One, knows the system. Two, pocket presence. Three, mobile. Four, young. Five, doesn't cost draft picks. Clearly, he's already in-house. So uh, there's a lot of steam, I feel like, from Raider Nation. And I don't know. The thing about it is, ever since he had that first start against San Francisco on New Year's Day, I've always said I don't want to be a, a, a prisoner of one game or two games and just – be all in on, on a guy after one one game. It, it felt like to me it was just a, too small of a sample size to know exactly what you're going to get. The other thing about Jared Stidham, and look, I've known Jared Stidham for a long time, going all the way back to Stephenville High School, but the one thing about him and the one thing that, that slowed him down in New England was what? He was injured, right? And so you see the big hits that he's taken. You saw the bloody mouth that he had when he got popped in the mouth against uh, San Francisco, even though it was a great completion to Devontae and he earned a lot of respect from his teammates. If he puts himself in harm's way like that, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like that fine line. Like, the one thing I respect about Lamar Jackson, he never takes big hits. He never does. He runs, he scrambles, he does this, that, and the other, but you never just see him get mollywopped. You don't, right? And, and so that's the fine line. If Jared Stidham could do what he does, but also protects himself, you could be onto something. You really could. And to the texture's credit, it's not going to cost you draft capital, it's not going to break the bank. I mean, honestly, I don't know what a, a free agent contract for Jarrett Stidham would be, but if you're looking at three years, $15 million, $18 million, depending on what, what, you're, what you're signing him to be, it's not going to be—obviously, it's not going to be $40 million, right? I mean, that's what it ain't going to be, right? I mean, he, he's going to be a guy that's, that's not going to break the bank and cost you draft capital, which means you can continue to build your team. So it's not a terrible way to go. And if Raider Nation would be on board with, okay, hey, yeah, Jared Stidham's cool. Like, if they, if they started the 2023 season at Allegiant Stadium and Jared Stidham rolls out as a starting quarterback and Raider Nation would be on board with that, cool. I, and this is just me personally, think that if that was the case, I think there'd be a lot of Raider Nation that'd be like, yeah, no, not, not really, right? Because they want more. I know right now it all sounds good. It's February. But let September roll around. 
they lose the season opener, they're turning on them. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like how how long does that shine last for? That's that's my that's my thoughts on it. But right now it sounds good, right? I just feel like it's a small sample size that some folks are a little bit almost like I said a prisoner of the moment. So we'd love to hear from you. Of course, 702-365-9200 in our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Nick De La Torre, Florida Gator senior writer on three sports. He'll talk all things Anthony Richardson, and then we'll hear some sound bites on Anthony Richardson and Will Levitz. We'll do it all in the next hours. Hour number three of the show is coming up next. Radio Nation Radio 920.